the work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. House lights down. Welcome to the last edition of this year's post-show, post-Sunday blues. (laughs) (laughs) A preaching post-mortem where I, Emily Anger, I'm here with my husband, Jim Anger. Right. And I'm here to interrogate you. That is true. Last one of 2022. It's going to be great. I think so. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone, you never know. Yes. Are there better and worse podcasts of ours? Oh, yeah. Maybe we should do like a greatest uh, hits. Let's not. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> do you listen back to these? Uh, I do occasionally. Okay. Not all the time. Do you have blooper reels? Oh. You don't make that many cuts. I don't make you that probably many cuts. Should. Yeah. Uh. But... No, it's fine. No, I was going to intro with a question about the car crying, because I, like, oh. are, are you genuinely a car crier? Uh, just a couple times. Like, like when? Uh, <laughs> Maybe that's too personal. No, it's fine. It's, I guess after, after my mom's passing, there's been a couple, okay, well. couple car crying <laughs> moments, but tip, typically I'm not much of a car crier, but yeah. Okay. Are I you? Just, no, I'm not at all. I can't. Except when I'm in like a really big argue with with my husband, I <laughs> yeah, can't think true. of I can't think of any other time when I've just like I've been alone in the car crying. Even after arguments with you, I think I'm more like angry than sad. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> no, that's not actually true. But I I still don't I don't think I cry in the car. So that that um, sermon illustration did not hit the mark with me. Sorry. Okay. What about waking up in the middle of the night with racing thoughts? You actually don't do that too much either. Nope. Uh, what about... <laughs> Sometimes. Last night I was up until like midnight. I think mm. it was because I went to bed at 8.30 the night before. Yeah. <laughs> what about feeling underwater at a party surrounded by people? That was the other example. I, I do feel that sometimes, but uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. Woo! Okay. <laughs> Found an opening. Three. You got me. Um, let's jump in. I guess we've. I. I am kind of jumping in already to the some of your illustrations, but let's back up a little bit, mm-hmm. big picture wise. We're in the fourth Sunday of Advent. Third, fourth. Uh, this was the fourth Sunday of Advent, calling it Stormy Monday, about Sunday, and this was the fourth of four sermons. M the plan all along Messiah in Pentateuch from Deuteronomy chapter 18. Right. And you hit a little bit of a blue Christmas note. Um, I think that that you always actually like every Christmas, that's something that you do try to hit the like. Sure. <laughs> when you said sure. I, I, it's, it's not that innovative, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's not really. And the reason is because it's like this this reality that we're all kind of hit in the face with in yeah. some ways. Yeah. Um, but tell us a little bit about specifically this Sunday, specifically this year. What are the specific things you were thinking as you approached re-preaching this sermon? Ruminating, staring into the fire. That's what was on my mind. Mm-hmm. And this is been a couple of years of 
having plenty of things for us to ruminate upon. Sure. And sometimes we can get lost in our own thoughts, including, including over the over the holidays. And yeah, I think this is the first year. Um, usually, I'll try to pull a, pull the quote from John Cheever uh, once a year. Christmas is a sad time for the poor. It's a short story that mm -hmm. that begins with the setting of the short story is uh, high rise pretty wealthy apartment building in Manhattan and it's told from the the story is told from the perspective of the the mechanic or one of the facilities people mm -hmm. and he's having to get up super early on Christmas morning and working like just any other day right doesn't make enough money life is falling apart and he says I feel like I am practically the only one mm -hmm. so we can be surrounded and hordes of people all thinking that we're alone one way or another in the in the Christmas season. So yeah, that was that was part of the context coming in to what we were talking about this Sunday, and then also from the perspective of these of these verses, Deuteronomy eighteen was the last of the sermons that I the sermon text that I chose for for this series, thinking about Jesus as a prophet and Jesus whose voice we need to listen to yeah and one of the also cogitations of pandemic period cogitations and afterwards was that? thinking about christian formation and how how can we be more deeply as we've talked about this with represence initiative and otherwise being resilient followers of jesus and seasons of our world that are crazy and there is something to be said i think for a connection between Christian formation and Jesus as our prophet, as our word, because we want to be formed by Jesus. And then also, if Advent is the beginning of the liturgical year, so with the regular calendar, January is the first month of the year, in the liturgical calendar for the church, December, Advent, is the first, the first season of the new year, trying to cast some vision for new beginnings of pursuit of Christian formation in Jesus. Sure, good stuff. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're already in New Year. That's, we are. That's an we made it, everybody. <laughs> it's an interesting way of perceiving it. Um, kind of your your you were touching on this passage. Do you want to jump into um, the next section that we where we usually talk about the Bible passage? Yeah. This specific passage. Um, you were just saying Jesus as prophet. Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about this passage. Um, how it how you decided to choose it and. Um, a little bit about this idea of Jesus as prophet. This has long been considered a messianic text, Deuteronomy 18, 15 to 19, uh, before Jesus. And in the midst of Deuteronomy, a lot of different laws of various kinds. This one regulates prophets and pretty straightforward saying that there will be a prophet, not just plural, even though I think this passage does have ramifications for regulation of of any prophets that come, mm -hmm. but strikingly singular, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers, it is to him you shall listen. So if if the main accent from the Hebrew scriptures with Messiah is upon the kingly role of Messiah, that the anointed prophet, or the anointed king, also there is this flavor of prophet related to to messiah too so mm -hmm. so the the prophet to come the messianic prophet to come will speak god's word and right. so thinking about 
Jesus as the greater Moses. I quoted a couple of times from the Gospel of John. We can get to that in bar band cover tunes. Uh, but I also thought about using Hebrews chapter 3. That's another New Testament book where the writer of Hebrews says that Jesus is of greater glory than Moses. He mm -hmm. is the builder over the house of God, and Moses was faithful as a servant in it. So Jesus fulfills the prophetic role that Moses himself pioneered. Yeah, and just kind of unpacking that, um, thinking about how we can listen to Jesus, and uh, yeah, prophet, priest, and king mm -hmm. is 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 our Christ. Was also intrigued by the idea um, of the the whole thing about um the mediator the prophetic voice in a mediatorial role just as you desired of the lord your god at horeb on the day of the assembly when you said let me not hear again the voice of the lord my god or see this great fire anymore lest i die that that's a reference back to mount sinai and when moses went up the mountain there's mm -hmm. fire and, and there was smoke uh, this really fits as well the whole idea of Jesus as our greater mediator that stands between God and humanity right. and part of this mediatorial role here for Moses is that he shielded the intense presence of God to the people. Mm -hmm. Jesus does that all the more with his crucifixion and resurrection so it's kind of nice to be able to not have to work super hard to figure out where to the fit picture, in the right. yeah the cross to this uh, to this sermon because it was it was right there. Jesus mm -hmm. is the one that both reveals and reveals God to us and shields us from God. Mm -hmm. Kind of interesting. Yeah. What is the origin of the people or the theologians who con who constructed the concept of prophet, priest, and king being Jesus's roles? Yeah, I think I think it comes from the Reformation period. So you'll find it less, and this is something that I could go back and check. I think it's, it, it may have been John Calvin himself, mm -hmm. but I, I only hesitate to say that because that's sort of the pet answer. Like, where'd uh -huh. this come from within Reformed <laughs> or Presbyterian circles? Right. Calvin, but I, Calvin at least developed and talked about these categories. Right. I forget if there was an antecedent, but if I remember correctly, that tripartite distinction prophet priest and king is less common in roman catholic circles right. and greek orthodox circles but i've always liked it like that like those three categories because it fits a lot of who jesus was it helps us to kind of clarify or not clarify but just understand the dimensions of right what function functions the wrong word yeah but. and i think it helps us balance our our view of jesus and i'd have to think about this a little bit more too but Maybe for some of us, we need more Jesus as priest. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jesus died for, he is the great high priest. I'm going to talk about that this coming Saturday. You, you need forgiven. Mm -hmm. You need Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Or it might be you're not living under the lordship of Jesus as king. So you need to bow the knee to King Jesus. Or right. you need to, to listen and hear his word. So that's, that's Jesus, our sure. great prophet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so more about this passage. So you did discover that you had preached it before. Yeah. When you do something, I mean that again. That's a that's also a Christmas thing where sure. um, you're going back to similar texts when you're thinking about Jesus as Messiah yeah. coming. Um, there is not an unlimited number of right. Advent so do you, yeah. Texts. Do you have like a strategy for that? Do you are you like how did you come to this passage this time? Really, I 
it was pretty straightforward um, since since it was Messiah and Pentateuch. So I just looked for messianic passages in the first five books of the Bible, yep. and then Deuteronomy eighteen was was one of them. It's and then pretty how much did you for... like have a Google Drive? Or your your trusty <laughs> MacBook has yeah. like a like your keynotes in them. Oh, so <laughs> who cares re, about the mechanics? Probably re, not. Repreaching sermons but. is a little bit of reconstruction. So Eric Mitchell keeps on a giant spreadsheet all of the sermons ever preached uh-huh. at Liberty Collingswood. So when I thought, hey, have I preached on this before? First, I went back to. Eric's spreadsheet to uh-huh. try to locate the, the passage the passage and when I preached it and then also Eric has there's a lot of Eric in this process the uh he's I have on a hard drive file from from Eric audio of all of the sermons uh-huh. that I've ever preached so I searched by date retrieved that sermon from December of 2016 then went back into my keynote slides which is what I preached from to get my own notes but Em, as you know, if I only have <laughs> your notes, <laughs> my my notes without sermon audio, there's no way that I can re- reconstruct uh-huh. the sermon. So, so step one is re-listening to the Did sermon. Did you listen on two X? Uh, I, I have never listened to anything more than one X. So, listening to the sermon with my notes to remind myself what the heck my notes are actually saying, and then I rewrite that, rewrite the notes from there. I bet you could handle two X for your own sermon. <laughs> <laughs> I miss I miss my nuance though. <laughs> It, it just disrupts the comic timing. For this timing. particular sermon, how how much do you feel like you varied or, or built on it or changed things up? For this one, not very much. Mm-hmm. The... Then why don't I remember it? <laughs> oh, I mean, it was six years ago. Come on. The, the, I, I didn't remember it either. I, I did use the illustration of the birthday candles to start the sermon mm-hmm, mm-hmm. last time too, although the part about aging out of birthday parties yeah, that was, was was new. But besides that, and, and especially because this was already an Advent sermon, I didn't need to do mm-hmm. a ton of changing or a ton of rewriting. But the, the couple of constants there, uh, you mentioned the phrase Blue Christmas, mm-hmm. and Asbury Park a couple weeks ago, I saw La Bamba's big band Christmas special. So a lot of these veteran horn players from the Jersey Shore going back to the 70s and a couple of cases earlier. And then all these Jersey Shore musicians getting together once a year, giant stage filled with horn players, guitar, bass, drums. And there was a rendition of Blue Christmas Mm -hmm. there. So the tradition continues. And it's a song that resonates because many of us do feel the blues during Christmas. So that stayed the same between 2016 and 2022. And this whole idea of Jesus being a word from outside is something that I think that I've considered frequently over the years and I've talked about in, in multiple sermons too. So it, it's, it's a concept that has always intrigued me and it was fun to revisit it. But then by that same token, I didn't need to rewrite anything sure. too too much it was just so, so so this was lightly rewritten and more just kind of reminding myself of what i said once upon a time right i i do think that the message like even uh, it, there's something like post-covid do we really do you address different issues but there's one the, one of the constants is that christmas is going to bring about um this this like uh what did you call it rumination <laughs> Uh, ruminating ruminating and swirl 
drowning in voices, staring at the fire. <laughs> Christmas does bring that for people. That's just like one of the realities of um, of December, I think. Yeah. So I use the phrase "moody brooders." Yeah. So whether it's pandemic or post-pandemic or not. Um, what is the what was the context as we go into muddying the waters? Oh, yes. What's the context that you're specifically trying to address this time as you were sitting in your rocking chair ruminating? <laughs> also context similarity from 2016 to today, if anything, it's more accelerated. Mm-hmm. The whole being surrounded by voices thing with mm, oh, right, right. with so many yeah, social media and otherwise, just a whole world of of talking heads mm-hmm. and with, with the acceleration part, there have been plenty of thinkers. Eric Mitchell in his sermon a couple weeks ago mentioned Mark Sayers, mm-hmm. who's a Christian pastor, thinker, writer, podcaster, that he and I both enjoy listening to. One of the things that he's talked about, and he's drawn on a couple other people, is that authority is now hyper-democratized when... Or death of experts is something that's been studied uh, pretty pretty widely, mm-hmm. but what social media and the internet does is less and less do we look to respected voices sure. and experts for authoritative. Because anyone can start a podcast. Pronouncements exactly right. Anybody <laughs> can start a podcast in their off- home office on the balcony that's not heated. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> and and there and there's both pros and cons to that. Where oh yeah, you don't need we we don't listen to the same six or seven authoritative voices, everybody on, on the same subject now. But the flip side is that, and this is a stereotype and I don't mean to over stereotype the young people of today, but TikTok influencer has millions of Mm -hmm. followers and he or she can give pretty strong opinions about something that he or she knows very little about, right, but, right. but then that, that voice is heard by millions of people and is deeply formative. So, so mm-hmm. that's the democratization of voices. knowledge and authority with a concomitant that there are tons of voices mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the ironies is that it, the multiplicity of voices just creates our own echo chambers where sure. if, if you want to hear an opinion that's very much like your own, you can find it in spades out there. So within that milieu, thinking through a word from outside, and part of why I've been intrigued by this concept word from outside for so many years is thinking about a late modern context like ours, where Mm -hmm. there is the surrounding of words all the time. But one of the unique things about Christianity is that we have a word not just from the swirl on the Ferris wheel like everybody else, but a word from the outside. Right. And the concept that, that that outside voice does challenge us, like wherever you are, you're, you're challenged in different perspectives or different ways. Yeah. Um, and that, I'm sorry to cut you off, go ahead. No, go for it. The, the flip side, and this is one of the most beautiful both ends, I think in all of Christianity, is Jesus is both that word from the outside, Jesus comes as God incarnate, but then also including as we look at Deuteronomy chapter 18, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. Mm -hmm. And again, in verse 18, same idea, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. So Jesus, uniquely authoritative by virtue of his divine status, yet very, very much like us and relatable at the same time. Sure. So it's that that pretty exquisite balance there. Sure. 
And I also liked that you were addressing not only the outside voices, but the internal voice. Ah, um, uh, yes. Because, I don't know, I guess I have an internal voice <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be spoken to yeah. every once in a while. Right. Um, but I think that that aspect um, of the prophet the prop needing a prophetic voice and not just like finding a voice inside of yourself that can speak right your inner truth that my inner truth is not particularly wholesome so. yeah oh i you know i think there was a i think it was in this sermon and, and, and i cut this out for for the sake Ooh. of time but i think in 2016 i mentioned this in a couple different sermons over the years there is oh, for, Prince of Egypt was mm-hmm. the animate the animated Steven Spielberg. I think it was a Spielberg adaptation of the Exodus story from uh-huh. years and years ago. I think it came out maybe in the nineties. Okay, and Moses was voiced by Val Kilmer, because of course, and there was a question of who would in the burning bush scene and otherwise who would be the voice of god which mm-hmm. oh yeah and I, and I made the i made the joke morgan freeman was apparently unavailable for that for that role or else it would have been him but mm-hmm. yeah the question was who will be the voice of god in the movie do you remember who do you remember what they ended up doing no go for it so val kilmer is moses and in the same scene, the voice of God was Val Kilmer. Oh, 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 so, oh, right. so they they used digital processing, mm-hmm, some voice modification. Such, yeah, such, such that it, it didn't sound like the same voice exactly in the scene. But and yet it's, I think it was yeah. Spielberg himself that came out afterwards. Well, we wanted just to remind everybody that we needed to listen to the voice of God that's in all of us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which you know we are created in the image of God. But I think a, a more uh, line of reasoning that hews more closely to the scriptures would say, yeah, we're in the image of God, but we're not God. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and if at the end of the day, the voice of God that speaks back to us is just our own, that is emphatically not a word from the outside, but that's yeah. just another word from the inside. Right. And because we're broken in sin and hey, let's be honest about how our inner monologues can skew pretty negative mm-hmm. about either ourselves or other people or the world. We don't just need a reprocessed voice of ourselves speaking back to us. We need to listen outside of ourselves to God and not just Val Kilmer. <laughs> For real. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I, so that, I think that's one of the things that draws me most to this message of grace is that the voice inside does not make sense. So, and it, it doesn't make sense for the, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the idea of the Holy Spirit speaking does make sense, and that often is like a battle um, yeah. of of listening to uh, being listening to the scriptures, listening to um, Holy Spirit's prompting. But... Right. So that's a good point. Up. So within Christian spirituality, the Holy Spirit at work inside of us, in some ways, is an analogy to mm-hmm. that same sort of idea and culture more broadly but it's also decisively different where right. um it's just that people have to figure out which, which one is right mm-hmm. and if in so many different ways in broader culture the whole idea is just listen to yourself be true to your inner light be true to your own voice to me that's not a great idea because we're so mm-hmm. we're so messed up neurotic and crazy moody brooders why do we why do i Think twice about the idea, everybody, that for yourself to say, what I need more of is me, 
Mm-hmm. Is that really the best idea that we can come up with or not? No, instead we need a word we need a word from the outside. Right. What exactly are you thinking about as you're staring into the fireplace? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. Which, which actually was not quite accurate as far as the layout of our living room because when I rock it's next to you. The, the fireplace is at my you three could, o'clock or four you o'clock. Could turn your it chair. A, it was a concession. <laughs> concession. We can rearrange to the, the living room for you. Yeah. Um by the way, I just will. Indi- I, I would like to point out that Val Kilmer that technically qualifies under a different category of of our outline here. That's uh, guitar slim pickens. Yep. Let the record show. Um, anything else from muddying the waters? It was fun at the end of the sermon to correlate with this idea of Blue Christmas to talk about Jesus as our mm-hmm. man of sorrows. Yeah. Where, um, hey, if you like the the machinist in the John Cheever short story feel like I am practically the only one. Mm-hmm. There is a Christ that knows well that feeling and is ready to relate and be with you in a sad season like this one. Right. So the manger, the story of Jesus, the Christmas story. Right. Um, just as a reminder of the like the the whole of the message of Jesus is super important if you just if you just stay on the happy message right of messiah has come yeah um, without seeing the bigger picture yeah poverty and outsiderness are two main threads Mm -hmm. in the nativity stories christmas stories told in the book of or the two places we get it book of matthew and book of luke and if, if you miss the poverty and outsiderness of the birth stories of Jesus, you're missing a ton of what was there from the very beginning of Jesus' story in life. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, well, moving on to bar band cover tunes, you yeah. have already referenced your... That was also... The Val Kilmer was a reference that you didn't <laughs> make. Did you make different references? Did you pull things that were new? Or uh, did you use the old ones? Like Saul Bellow, I, I assume, was old. Yep. So <laughs> Saul Bellow, Herzog, no true individual has existed yet, able to live, able to die, only disease, tragic, or dismal and ludicrous. I if AI could could go through your sermons and like start tagging how often references are. Right. Like I, I bet that Philly sports actually still beats Saul Bellow, but I think it might come close. Yep. So in the 2016 version of this sermon, I gave a little jokey disclaimer about, yes, I'm quoting Saul Bellow again, but hey, it's not Rhett Henderson, the rain king. So at least there's that. Mm-hmm. But as I've you weaned really myself been, off mm-hmm. of Bellow and Henderson, the rain king, I felt it's like It's only just, me who remembers. Yeah, I felt like, yeah, I'll go ahead and just... <laughs> Say Saul, Saul Bellow. So we had that, and we also had James Parker, who's sort of a freelance author, writer, cultural critic. He has at least a monthly column in the Atlantic magazine. I, I wish that he's written more longer books and stuff. He's really a clever, fun writer who has read a ton of stuff and is a sharp eye, both as he critiques people on, on the right and on the left. But that's modernity, the insides on the outside, leaving a vacuum mm-hmm. on the inside. I do like that quote. Yeah, and, and I think there was something to the idea I mentioned that the pendulum swing, how if in previous generations, to a, did we too much repress our feelings mm-hmm. and not express and what we're maybe, feeling about things? Yeah, now it's swung in the other way when mm-hmm. uh, just because you feel it doesn't mean that you need to say it <laughs> and broadcast it to other people. I think it does. All, all the time, <laughs> which just contributes to the 
to this world. So yeah, yeah I, I had Bello, I had Parker. Wait, speaking of which, before you move mm-hmm. on, I because now I opened I opened our reflections page okay. and I remembered that um, I don't understand the Saul Bello quote at all. Like I it, like especially when you actually said it too. You just like said it and. This is like the, I don't even understand it as I'm reading it. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I actually misspoke in the, in the sermon, which may have, which may have contributed. So eagle-eyed, <laughs> eagle-eared listener, Helen uh-huh. Wolf Emily, the, I had, when I was supposed to say the Bella quote <laughs> in the sermon, it uh-huh. was tied to when I was talking about how many of our voices are deceitful voices and we lie a lot, including to ourselves. Uh-huh. And that's when I was going to say, no true individual has existed yet. So, no true individual. Oh, like truth-telling, truth-speaking? Right. Truthful, only disease, tragic, dismal, ludicrous. But it was only when I read the James Parker quote, which was tied to a minute or two later, that I realized that I had forgotten to read the Bellow quote. So you read it out of uh, out of context? I, I read it out that, of sequence. That sentence doesn't make sense. Like, if you don't have context to it, it really, like, the the quote i did yeah i put a question mark there just like i i don't understand this quote okay. it's just words <laughs> just beautiful gorgeous words uh but, dastardly saw bellow you anyway um okay yeah. so we had those two and then also quoted a good bit from the prologue of the gospel of john john mm-hmm. one in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god more interesting to me, or I, I love the prologue of John, but in John chapter 6, when the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this indeed is the prophet who is to come into the world. So that that's a pretty direct reference back to Deuteronomy chapter 18. It confirms again the messianic stature of Deuteronomy 18, and even in his earthly ministry, Jesus was considered the messianic prophet. So that was kind of cool. Then had just a little reference there was did you catch the big lebowski reference i did not shockingly yeah when i said toward (laughs) towards the beginning you might think it's creepy that i enjoy catching people in their on guard emotional moments yeah but well that's just your opinion man that that's that's a big lebowski reference and spur of the moment who who catches a reference like that Uh, i don't know the dude (laughs) and then it was fun spur of the moment to compare if people had a successful spiritual like year Phillies or not. Versus Phillies Sixers. versus Sixers. I know. You're such a jaded Phillies fan. I'm not Phillies. I mean, Philadelphia fan. I mean, it's just a Philly fan. <laughs> um, Jalen Hurts got hurt. Philadelphia sports fans don't get nice things. It's classic. Classic yep. Christmas present for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, we were... Uh, Josiah was upset that our kind of fancier Christmas Eve dinner was going to take place during the Eagles Cowboys game, but now that Jalen Hurts is it injured, it's like eh. <laughs> it's fine. It doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, you threw in a flex capacitor. I, I, I um was surprised that you didn't make oh, yeah, an anti Prius joke, but. <laughs> You know your audience. Your I, audience, your audience, um, really probably doesn't appreciate anti-Prius jokes, but maybe the listeners here will. I don't know. I get sad every time <laughs> I drive my Prius all over again. Uh, For a car not to growl when you accelerate is just a crime against nature, but it's good. But it's good for nature. 
uh, favor. Any leftovers? Any good char slip pickings? So, so M, you mentioned the the what's it called? The AI bot. Uh huh. Chat. Uh, chat something. Yep. So that people before church, we were talking about the bots and what it's going to do to change everything, mm -hmm. including the sermon. You just actually. Yeah, I didn't actually write the sermon. Ask Tyler's permission for this, but Tyler Mills and I were talking about it and. Just as we were setting up for music and not not my best harmonica Sunday, but it was fun to play. It was, it was a nice challenge to me to play classical Christmas hymns. Mm. But the Tyler, I guess, can you, I don't even know. Can you, can you download the bot onto your phone? Yeah, it's, okay. it's just on a website. Okay. Uh, so he, he typed in Presbyterian Christmas sermon as the prompt. Mm -hmm. and, and it was pretty darn good. And it was pretty darn good. <laughs> like in, I know. In, you can in, even actually, I think, you can, insert, you can insert specific little things mm -hmm. to make it even more customized. Yeah, it's it's kind of scary. But yep. so next time on, starting in January, oh you're going to use it. It's going to be taken offline eventually because yeah. it's to, to profit, profitability. But so, so, M, you know that one of my big... December projects for the Liberty Communion oh, yeah, was an spearheading right. uh -huh. a series of three sermons on the mission statement, living, speaking, and serving for Liberty Collingswood that were pre-writing for all of the pastors in the communion mm -hmm. so that they can have three plug-and-play sermons yep. to preach in their own voice come January and February. Yep. Little did we're I know two steps behind. <laughs> that the bot could probably do it better. So yep. next round, uh, okay. spring break. Yep. <laughs> um, any other things? Leftovers. I believe that's all that we have for today, baby. Okay. Are you ready for Christmas? I am ready for Christmas. What, what'd you get me? The... <laughs> I, I actually did get you something. I know. And it's right here. Well... It's right here in I my bag, you, baby. I did tell you to get it, so... <laughs> right. But, but you weren't super specific. Well... After the new year, when Post Sunday Blues comes back uh, online... Maybe I'll tell people. We'll reveal. Maybe we will. The, maybe we won't. The, <laughs> The big reveal. Any Helen Wolves from us? So I did get some feedback verbally from people. Eric Mitchell and I were talking last week on the pod. Um, uh, he mentioned Oswald Chambers, my utmost for his highest. Uh -huh. And I said that we... Why do we have that in our bathroom downstairs? Micah. Okay. So it it's not a bad book. It's, it's like a classic Christian devotional. And so we talked for a second about bathroom reading books and... <laughs> And we asked our listeners, hey, what what's the most common sort of bathroom oh, books? Oh, so you got some and answers? Yeah, we, we talked about how it, it's kind of kind of gross it, as it an idea, especially mag magazines. Phones seem are just seem, as seem bad, actually, people. And that's what it's right? replaced, yeah. so. For, for some of us. <laughs> but so the, the, the most common answers for, like, what, when you were growing up, say, what was... What books were in your bathroom? Do you want to guess what the two most common were? An almanac. We actually have these books in our house. Uh, not in our bathrooms. Not an, an almanac? No. I <laughs> could guess. No. Uh, car magazines. Think, think. <laughs> pictures or comics. Uh, I don't know. Farside and Calvin and Hobbes. Really? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I think I like. I think what did we you have had, in your bathroom growing up? I think we had weird, like, specific, specifically meant to be bathroom book books that people bought over Christmas. I mean, like jokey. Yeah, like, or like, or like almanac type things that okay. were like uh, 500 blah, blah, blahs. I don't know. 
um, pre-listical pre <laughs> like things. Yep. But now we have our phones, so those poor bookstores are don't have a reason to sell those, yep. I guess. Uh, yeah, well, you should ask another fun question then, since you got some feedback okay. that way. What do you have? What do you got for us? Worst Christmas present ever. <laughs> Starting off with yours, what was your worst Christmas present ever? Uh, when I didn't get Voltron. Yeah. Tragic. Or when your brother would immediately break your presents. Yeah. Also true. Thing. Um, okay. I think that's it. Uh, any other announcements? Let's see. So we're taking a break over Christmas. I anticipate that we'll be back, or I'll be back rather, um, the first week in January, Scott Floven is preaching the Ooh. first ever. I, I don't know if it's a, I'll have to ask him if he's, I, I'm actually meeting with him tomorrow night to talk, talk preaching a little bit. I forget if he's ever preached a sermon before. I'll have to make sure I to write, he has write in some sending or another, but it's going to be his first sermon at Liberty Collingswood. So I'll, I anticipate that I'll talk with him after that. This Friday, we have... The last five golden things of the year. Be on the lookout for me talking with Ben Landrum Ooh. about five scientific explanations for everyday things. <laughs> Pretty interesting. So talking, to, I, I was schooling Ben on science stuff, mm -hmm. and I'll, that that was the kind of bathroom reading that I had. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tease it this way. I I didn't draw attention to it during the podcast, but I mentioned to Pat McAdams also, it may contain one of my biggest foot in my mouth moments oh. in anger podcasting history. Mm. So I was going down a rabbit trail. I'll have to I work stopped. harder if I, if Ben has beat me. <laughs> it wasn't Ben's fault. It was, it was all my fault. I know, but like I have to ask the right questions. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll work on it. Okay. Helen Willis, help me out. Ask, uh, give me some questions. Post Sunday blues at gmail.com to uh, grill Jim with. Um, Filet I think, of Jim. I think that's it. So with that, how was it? That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more Post Sunday Blues. Here comes some pre-Sunday happy. Happy.